I don't, I'm trying to understand like Netflix doesn't produce this stuff, right? Yeah, it does. No, no, you come over. Don't you come over to Netflix? No, they pitch? commission stuff as well. No, that's what I mean. I, my point is, it's not, there's no Netflix studios in LA. There might be now. I couldn't tell you, but probably not. No, what they tend to do is, well, it's like TV. They partner with production studios. I think there's just an email address called gimme at Netflix.com. <laughs> yeah. And you just send an email and it's like... No, it's an attachment. Yeah. What if, if you just attach a cartoon? What <laughs> if like, dinosaurs <laughs> butt trucks? It's true. They took like a plastic Tyrannosaurus and a plastic matchbox car, right. glued them together, took a picture on like their on phone. Like a kitchen table. Yeah, sent a picture on their phone <laughs> of like of them smashing them together going, Rawr! Right. And Netflix and then, is like $2 billion. No, Netflix is like, tell me your Venmo. Yeah. Paul. Yes, Richard. Let's go back, I think, maybe 800 years. Okay. Actually, no, let's go a little later than that. They used to write books, but the way they used to write books... <laughs> they still do. No, no, they used to write, like, write books. Like, yes. get the pen out and write the Bible. We need another copy. <laughs> it's very Bay Ridge, that assessment of how the Bible was written. Okay, so let's fast forward a bit to uh, the printing press. Okay. Right? The use of, of printing words forked off. Mm -hmm. Historically, the discrete units of media were very much driven by, what's the word I'm looking for? Practicality. If you're going to make a movie uh -huh. and you're going to send people to theaters, uh -huh. okay? Uh -huh. Don't make it 20 You can't make it 20 minutes. No, no, no. You nobody, really can't. That is right. So what you have, what materializes is sort of these de facto... There's no rules. Forms. Forms. The album. It's, there were singles initially. Yeah. But then they said, you know what? The creative process is kind of interesting, right? They want to keep going. They don't They don't want to just pump out singles. They have a bigger vision. Also, we can sell them for more money. The album. No, thank you. Thank you for stumbling into something I've been obsessed with for 20 years, the relationship between physical media and the, the content okay. therein. So keep summarizing. Books, I'm loving it. Albums. Film. Right? <laughs> they film. all sort of, they backed into these constraints, right? They and do. I think these constraints are driven by some of it is practicality, some of it is economics, some of it is social dynamics. Mm -hmm. I think all these things drive these constraints. Well, there's a real thing, like, like let's just talk about it. This is worth breaking out because we got real abstract. Movies are a great example because first of all, I'll give you one. They're, they're, you can talk about the constraints of movies. They're rectangular. Yes. Like IMAX is, is, is breaks yes. that wall. But, but for the most part, if you're watching The Godfather, you can't be like, hey, I wonder what's over there to the left. No, it, the, the idea is I'm not going to wrap this around you in a 3D, ex, you know, in an immersive experience. I'm going to put it in front of you. And, and this form factor, 16.9, feels compelling. I can do some dramatic things with it. It and didn't have to be. It could have been something else, right? Right. But then, you know, it, and it's, there's a lot of marketplace dynamics here. Like in 16.9 projectors sold pretty well. Enough movies came out that I were think, in 16.9. Like, I mean, that's the kind well, of... Well, there's the screen. There's yeah. the projector. There's the throw of the of the, the image. So, I'm going to fast forward to a use case that applies to me. So, I, uh, I use Spotify. Okay? Me too. And Spotify has this wonderful feature called Discover Weekly. 
What it does is it kind of pays attention to what you've been listening to, I think recently, by the way. I think it sort of says, okay, what's Rich into yeah, well, these he, days? It's got to allow you to forget a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. And it puts together, I think, about a 20 to 30 song playlist called Discover Weekly. Mm-hmm. Every Monday it drops. Mm-hmm. And you go in there and it tries to say, hey, listen, based on what you've been listening to, this stuff, you may like this stuff. Pretty classic use case, actually. Related stories, yeah. related music, whatever. And what I do is when I find us, I rip through them. A lot of them I don't like. But when I find one that I like, I add it to a playlist I call Promising. Yeah, sure. And then what I do is I don't just listen to them again in Promising. I go and I go to the track and I go to View Album because I'm wondering if I've stumbled on an artist that I want to really dive into. You've skipped over like seven incredibly difficult steps in Spotify to, to do that. But yes. Right. I... <laughs> <laughs> Let's not. We we've beat the shit out of Spotify. I know, like but you just times. every now and then it's just like I'd like to get to that album. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're exactly. always. I just remember links. Links were good. You could click on a link and go to a thing, and there weren't any little. I mean, sli- they kind of are. Yeah, they're links. there, but you got to like swipe up, slide, do the thing, click to go to album. Sometimes like, it's there, sometimes it's not. It's good finger exercise. <laughs> it's link shaming. <laughs> then I go to the album. Okay. And I want to like the album, so I'll give the album a full listen. And mm-hmm. what happens is... That's a da- that's, that, that used to be a way to find good music. There's so much shit. Uh, you know, I get through the first three or four tracks of an album, and then I'm, I'm, I'm just literally... The, the flood, the waves break the glass in my house and flood and take <laughs> the table and me and the chair... And I just ke- and I go to the next thing. You know, I've noticed is that the truly talented young artists just kind of produced EP after EP for years, and then they're like, "Oh, okay, I'm going to do this album now." Like they don't actually jump to the album. I mean, the album as a discrete unit—it's a high risk game. It's a very strange thing. Eighty percent of it's going to be trash unless you really know what you're doing and it's why you're making an album. A very strange thing today, right? And what you have here is essentially. The conventions that we used to have have kind of survived in a weird way in music, in film, and in me in uh, multimedia like TV and and mm-hmm. and film. But it's it's it it's all busted. Do you know why CDs were uh, at the bit rate and the uh, length that they are? No, I believe it was Beethoven's Ninth Symphony fit. It was like whatever it took to make that fit. Was the standard. Was the standard for a CD. Like that, yeah. that was like Sony. That makes sense. Uh, some exact fo- Sony. And that's why it's 44.1 kilohertz instead of like 48. Right. So somehow Spotify still calls it an album. It could call it a collection. Yeah. It could call it a series. Like it could call it whatever it wants. Right. right. And then, so now let's jump to Netflix. Okay. I have a my list in Netflix. I will never get to the bottom of. Right. Growing up, I used to watch Tom and Jerry, which was essentially a cartoon of a cat that wanted to eat a mouse. Yeah. And it was incredibly violent. Unbelievably violent. Yeah. And racist. And Saturday morning was a miracle because Saturday morning they would unload all these new cartoons that were only weekly. Now that I'm a parent, I understand that that was just like the parents desperately wanted to sleep in. And the networks were capitalizing on that. I think so, right? Because yeah, normally, like, put them on the TV. The rest of the week, your parents would be like, "Don't watch TV. Do your homework and go to bed." But Saturday morning, they're like, "Jesus, God, please, just okay, fine, Speed Racer." Exactly. Now let's con- contrast my childhood with my. I have a a lovely five year old boy and a three year old girl. She's also lovely. Both lovely. 
And I sit them down and they, I'm going to put them something to watch. Yeah. And I put Netflix on and it is just an endless wall of shit. It's so bad. It doesn't end. No, Netflix It doesn't is end. Bad. And I look at my kids and they're just, they're kind of get, as I'm scrolling, they're getting sleepy. Yeah. Their eyes, like their eyelids are getting heavy as I'm running through 10 to 20, 10 to 15,000 boxes of yeah. cartoons. And it is something. And if you, if you dive into each box, there are 60 episodes. It is just so, and the, you massive, know, some, massive. Some of them amounts. are like, like the, the pure algorithmically defined entertainment that Netflix specializes in. There's this thing called um, Dino Trucks. Yes, I've seen. This. Have you seen it? It's yeah. dinosaurs that are trucks because what they know is that in particular, little boys like right. trucks and dinosaurs. Right. Little girls too, but right. and I think it's terrible. It's, I don't think it's. Have options. you seen Dino Trucks? It's I've seen Dino Dino Trucks. I've seen some really strange looking. <laughs> it's cartoons so bad. It. It's yeah. just dinosaurs as trucks. Yeah, and you just you just like you get the idea, and then you're like, really, we're gonna just do this to our children now? So flash over to the adult side of Netflix, and I have to tell you, there are a lot of shitty stand up comedians <laughs> God, in America. There are so many, and around the world, actually. I don't it even. Is, somebody on Twitter, it might have been. Uh, I, I, oh God, it might have been Andrew Smale said, yeah. "I would pay five dollars." extra a month to get netflix without stand-up comedy <laughs> so here's how stand-up comedy works for netflix in oh, terms of acquisition oh i heard denise is going to that stand-up show tonight uh do me a favor could you give her this android phone <laughs> it's got an sd card in it and just ask her to tape it yeah because we can put it on the we can put it on yeah and uh, the so if you go over to, I'm guessing, to any aspiring stand-up comedian and say, look, we'll put you on Netflix, yeah. they'll show essentially the, give you $40. Your show at the Chuckle Bungalow in, in Boise. <laughs> they'll give you the money to do it. No, yeah. No, this so is, it is just... It must have been very exciting, though, at first. Where it's like, yeah, I'm doing a new thing. I'm doing a uh, Netflix stand-up special. Yeah. And then, like, a month goes by, and... It's it's just not as cool anymore for the comedians. Like can't now, be cool at this point. No, no, you're like I'm doing a Netflix special, and then you're you know like your housekeeper says, "So am I." <laughs> it's so bad, dude. Um, you know, Paul, it's ironic. What is ironic, Rich? We're talking about media, mm-hmm. and some of our clients are media, and we think media is great in a different light. We do. About a third of our clients are media. The and other the other third is NGO, and the final third is finance. By our, who do you mean? Postlight. Postlight. What does Postlight do? You know, we build platforms and the products on top of them, and we do it in New York City, and we do it all around the world. It's an incredibly talented group of designers, engineers, and Paul and I are the co-founders of Postlight. You know, it really is, though. I mean, sometimes I just have to take a minute yeah. and just stop, because there's always some stuff to be worrying about. Well, I, I just but look at But the group here I, is very talented. It's really talented. <laughs> they can build anything. They can do anything and, and they do it yeah. well. So hit us up. Hello at postlight.com. That's right. So I guess what I'm getting at here is I kind of miss the constraints. Oh, always. Well, no, I okay. Miss, I miss the just the feeling of like, oh my God, we got another one. It's just mm-hmm. basic supply. To, I, I think it's perceived limited supply and as a result, higher demand or higher just 
urge to get the thing. It's gone. Well, there's a balance, right? Like it is great that we have access to everything at all times. That is kind of amazing. And if you'd asked me my fantasy of media when I was like 17 years old, I would have told you I want every album ever. I want every book ever. I want every everything ever, right? Right. Like to have access to the infinite library is pretty wonderful. I love Spotify. It's bad for everybody except for me. I, I love it too. I wish Spotify, you know, can I, let me ask for a feature? Yeah. Can the, I ask for a feature? The color blue? No. You can only flag 200 songs as yours. Oh, that's a nice idea. Yeah. That's I erase it. I erase my playlist a lot. That's it. Yeah. 200. I don't care if it could be coming from albums. It could be no, coming erase, from I erase a playlist. Like, about every two weeks, I, I blow up my regular playlist and start over because otherwise you just get in a rut. Right. Have you used, um, we have a, a developer slash designer here named Daryl and he made a playlist exploration tool. Have you used it yet? I did not know it, this. It's called Dubolt. Yeah, we'll put a link in. It's, I do know this. It's quite good. Yes. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm, I've, really, I've used it a few times. It's good. At, like you seed it with a few tracks and parameters yep. and you get um, a very good playlist back. Yep. We'll put the link in dubolt.com. This story plays over and over, right? There's the read later pattern, mm -hmm. which is now in Chrome and in Safari, but started with readability. It started with Instapaper, then readability. Right. It's a classic one. I have, I have probably 200 articles. I'll get to the, I keep, taking the frosting off the top five, seven, because yeah. they're recent. So also, by the way, they, there could be a feature on Netflix called Give This a Shot, mm -hmm. where you don't get the Netflix wall of shit for 90 minutes. If you hit the button, give the, give me something. And it, essentially, it locks out, and that's it. For the night, you're not going to get other stuff. It gives you four things. Well, this is So we're hitting a point in the glut where we're realizing that emotionally and intellectually, it's not that satisfying to just keep waiting and searching. And, you know, you saw this when cable TV suddenly had 5,000 stations and no one could figure out what to watch. Yes. Like there, there's, just, they call it deep cable, right? There's right. always a guy, like after you get channel 100, there's always a guy redoing his tiles. On the flip side, there's always like the great simplifying agent here, which, you know, in our industry is often Apple, which is like, you don't want one of those choices. Right. Now, the problem that Apple has, which is the problem everybody who creates a successful minimalist approach has, which is everyone then starts adding stuff to it. So the iPhone starts with like five apps. Right. And Apple's like, now if you want to, yeah, now it's like five billion apps. Right. And it's a whole mess. Well, there wasn't an app store. There wasn't. That was a whole thing. They were like, you're going to do web apps and we'll do the real apps and that'll be that. And everyone yep. lost their minds. Yep. And Apple's like, all right, we'll let you have an app store. And mm -hmm. now it's like $32 trillion a minute for them. Right. But it's a hellscape from which we don't escape. And so like, so that part's tricky. So is this social, is this, is this the feed? Is this the like, you know, kind of dead eyed scrolling Let me, content? let me tell you something. What works and what It's not just social, right? This no. is, social media is 10 second Instagram video, picture on Instagram, posting on Facebook, next posting on Facebook, you know, the it's like you've been drugged. You're just sitting there scrolling. Yeah, look, we're in the glut. We're in the glut. And there's very little quality in a glut. There's no sense of quality. Right. You're just literally, it's just this tsunami of content um, coming in. And we're all, we're all just kind of like, wow, that's a lot of content. And you thought it was what you wanted. You thought it was like, oh, man, that's everything. Right. And... It, it gives lie to a lot of stuff. Like you're just sort of like, oh God, you know, maybe, maybe I actually care more about quality than about everybody having their say. Yep. Like, and it, it gets, it, there's a lot of tricky stuff to work out. What I would say is that human beings cannot be creative in any way. We measure creativity by how people respond to constraints. We always have. 
And digital things, so it's like, hey, how'd you do with those oil paints on that rectangle? Right. Right? Did you make a face that looks like a face? Right. Ooh, that's pretty good. Did you make it look like when I look into the distance that it really is distant? You know, that perspective, that's some good stuff. Who's better at that than that, you know? Right. And then you end up in this place where you're like, wow, that Leonardo da Vinci, that's a hell of an artist. <laughs> right? And Michelangelo, he made a, like, David's, Weenus looks really good. Like you're just, it's very lifelike. It's about that constraint and that constraint system. That's what we talk about when we talk about making things and, and art. And then consuming, there's a hierarchy that sort of naturally emerged. Like you'd read a review in the New Yorker or you'd go look at the New York Times and you'd see like, oh, that's a good movie. I better go see that. Well, you know, the so, film festival to someone buying it for distribution to putting it in a theater and then eventually it makes it to HBO or, this is the or key Netflix. Thing. This is the key thing. It's money. Everything, all these things required money and they required... No, but it's slow. Yeah, it's slow. And you can only do so much, right? And what Netflix is doing... Well, because it was expensive. And, when I see a Netflix original series, I just assume, I could be surprised, but I assume it's bad. <laughs> no, compare Netflix and YouTube for a minute. What did both of them solve? They solved distribution. Suddenly they, they were like, oh my God, yeah. we can put moving pictures in a rectangle on a screen... And we can get it out to millions and millions of people. And they thought they'd have to buy like the Universal catalog or the Warner Brothers catalog. And that's what they would do. They would go and say, can we buy this for six months? So Netflix did, Please. yeah. Yeah. And then eventually they're like, you know what? There's a phenomenal quote by the chief content officer of Netflix. And he said, they said, what's your strategy? Because at this point, this is a few years ago and they're starting to create well, a lot of Well, the studios would pull content. the rug out from them, under them all the time. Exactly. So he said, what's your strategy? And he said, um, we have to become HBO before HBO becomes us. Yeah. And that collision, essentially, while the big studios wonder what the hell's going on, sums it up. H H HBO is smart though. HBO, first off, there's like only I would so much. When HBO says there's a new series there's coming, that's coming out, you stop for a second because you know there's only 11. No, you know what you're looking at? There's the difference between like Apple and Android. You know, you're looking yeah. at, you're looking at like, hey, uh, we're going to do two or three of these. That's right. And, and they're going to be absolutely amazing and everyone's going to talk about them for five years. That's right. Versus, oh my God, it has a lot of apps that are pretty good. That's exactly right. That's there's just way more buttons and levers and yeah. all that, but they all kind of I mean, are mediocre. Well, Netflix has Stranger Things, but then there's Stranger. Every, no, they they hit, every once but in a while. There's no Game of Thrones. There is no Game of Thrones, but you know what? If you if you the Crown was an attempt to get a Game of Thrones. It's not. It's just. It's not quite there. No, no, but it, it, I think it's just a, it's a game and it's a it's numbers. Oh yeah, like they're just you're right. Let's pause on HBO. They get it right, but they freaked out about distribution, so you can now get HBO on your phone. Yeah, because the cable companies. Well, that's a whole other. Well, thing. then yeah, HBO is just like I cannot let you destroy me. Clearly, like that's what that is. It's but like you they, know what? They're still not just pouring content over our heads. Let's not forget too, the Netflix is its own thing. HBO is part of Time Warner, which is one of the great, you know, mega thing. The time, and then there's, it's going to merge with Comcast. I mean, it's just, yeah. uh, bleh, God. Okay, but wait, here's the thing that I, I, I think a lot about. Cakes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen, okay, there yeah, are. Yeah, you've mentioned the cake videos, Paul. I know about the cake videos. Okay. Cake making is a whole scene on YouTube. 
Fill in the blank is a whole scene on YouTube. No, I know, but cake making is one of them like video games where there's probably 30 million people who have cake related intent. Okay. Who watch and subscribe to cake content where people smear things with fondant and make, you know, oh, it's a cake that looks like a Kit Kat bar. And a lot of very charming people and they have, they sell, uh, you know, spatulas. It's the Chrysler building. Yeah. And and then they're like, (laughs) buy my spatula. And that's how they monetize. And I, I sort of look at Netflix as a as the, being very, very well set up to capitalize on these nascent expanding scenes in a way that YouTube can't. Because you've got 30, 40, 50 cake-making personalities, and YouTube doesn't really bring them together. They kind of cross-reference. Sometimes they appear in each other's shows. Yeah. But YouTube doesn't – there's no cake-making video app. Like right. Google could, this is Google in about two weeks could make an app where it's like the ultimate cake video app and oh, it has definitely. recipes and then they could say, and I would, you know, I would I get, think they don't want to cross that line. That's right. Cause I, then all hell will break loose. Right? It's all hell. It's right. Because who's in, who's out. And so, and I think they would blow up their business model because suddenly people are going to be aware of their value. Well, there's this false promise of democracy, right? Well, or just like. It's a promise that everyone's kind of roughly equal on the platform. <laughs> right. Which, of course, is weird because you go, you walk down the street and there's a giant picture of a YouTube celebrity painted on the side of a wall in Manhattan. And I feel so old when I see <laughs> really? that, that, Who's that billboard. Yeah. Look, I mean, I think the thing I'm getting at is actually pretty simple, which is that the giant platforms, because of their sheer scale, have trouble capitalizing, aside from just advertising and selling advertising, on the communities that are emerging around different focuses. So like, here's your cake makers. Here's your woodworkers. Here's your video gamers. Yeah. Right. Twitch did a pretty good job of capturing video game energy. And then Amazon bought it for a billion dollars. That's probably a very wise purchase. Right. But wait, is this a good thing? It's neither good nor bad. Grouping them? Who cares? I mean, it's still a bunch of garbage that I got to wade through. Nah, I don't think that's true. Some a lot of the cake making stuff is incredibly well produced and thoughtful. No, no, no. My point is, it's still eleven million videos. Well, this is the thing. I think that like Netflix is emerging, Hulu too, a little bit is like this middle tier, and I'm going to expect them to pull more stuff out of that world and create sort of more. Ver- Netflix is weird because it's all about subjects, and I almost think it should be more focused around verticals. Like if it was like it's the baking channel, like channels, or or like. Something in Netflix where you can go over and and participate, as opposed to just these like movies for people who like cats and have no no hair. Yeah, I think that's another line that they won't cross. Probably, I think Netflix is totally primed to do that. Like Netflix baking, Netflix whatever. It makes sense. So you can go to. I mean, there is you. There is document. There are genres. There is drama, suspense documentary yeah there are a song you're saying go another level deeper well, i guess what like- i'm saying and i don't know who the hell knows what netflix's strategy is it's it's really big same with you know google and youtube what i'm saying is that there there's no middle tier right now where people who are really good at something who can get the distribution through youtube it's there's no way to kind of bring them together bundle them like make a channel out of them and make i can't are you saying that'll make things better if I've- they did that I'm well. It might give them a little more power and authority because they would be up a lot. No, no, better for the consumer. Yeah, because then I can get all my baking content in one place, and they would have uh, there'd be one unified experience, and I'd be able to search across it. That'd be really useful. Okay, so cakes. Star- you're looking for stuff. Star Wars cakes. Yeah, you're Plus, looking for stuff. And then they're you know to me I, what I look at is here's all the bakers online. 
the thing that they want to give me is recipes because they're free to them. They've already got the recipe. Like the watch, watching the video, getting the ad revenue, and then they sell things like their books or mm -hmm. their spatulas on top of it. Um, that to me is like what they want to do. And then if I could have a recipe app that also has the videos and let me see how to make it, and I could look at that on my phone and bake a cake in the. But on are the you weekend still with searching through eleven million videos? No, I'm searching through probably about ten thousand videos. You're still searching through 10,000. Yeah, videos. well, because I've got recipes and I can search, but I, I search Star Wars cakes and there's okay. 10, 10 responses and I can sit there with my kids and say, hey, which one of these Star Wars cakes should we make? Okay, so you want real utility. The the whole system is set up with that where the, yeah, the platforms make it challenging to create real utility because the, the ways that you focus and help people by making products that allow them access to media and let them do new things and give them new powers and understanding... The platforms are not set up for that. They're set up for continual delivery of a single experience, which is usually like a rectangle of video. They're focused around the media, not the actual usage of the media to well, do volume. things. volume. Sheer volume That's right. of media. So well, but also like they're focused on the thing. So, you know, Netflix, all its videos, roughly same aspect ratio, same you know, same quality delivered through streaming servers. Yeah, in but they still clubs. want 10,000 things a month. I get that, right? I get that. But I mean, they're, just, they're focused. Yeah, they're dumping stuff into the hole as opposed to it's a better hole than YouTube. YouTube is just a big open hole that anybody can throw their trash into. And then sometimes people are like, that's not trash. That's good. I want two things. Okay. As a creator or as someone that could produce media, which is literally no, not much more than tapping your phone, right? I want the motivation to be gone to do it 12 times a week. Okay. I want it to I want that to be demotivated and I want you to think about uh the fact that you've only got a couple of shots whatever a week a month and you have to think about them and make them decent rather than just taking a bucket of water and dumping it on my head. So That's, if I what what if I told you you only have 2 hours you can use your phone for email mm -hmm. and you have, other than that, you have two hours a week to use your phone. No, but I'm, I'm worried about the consumer. Yeah. Here, here's the thing for the consumer. Um, uh, I'm worried about them, right? Because the motivation on the creator side is to just, just pour more and more and more on my head. Right. Sure. And for the consumer, that's led to a terrible state. Everything's garbage. Most things are lousy. Most movies that have been created are lousy. Most music is lousy. Most books are lousy. Well, even when you have a lot of money and do everything right, the odds are it's going to be pretty bad. That's right. That's exactly right. Actually, some of the most interesting, exciting stuff is, is the stuff that the person had no money and they pulled off something interesting, right? All right. Let's talk about the things we talked about and what they should do. So what do creators need to start doing? I don't think they're going to do it. Creators won't do anything unless the platform companies tell them what to do. Or constrain them. Or constrain them. So what what constraints does Google need to put into YouTube? You can upload 10 hours a month, five hours a month. I don't know. That's all you can do. I mean, that's still entirely too much. Two hours a month. Fine. You can break that down into five 30-minute baking videos. Okay. Okay. Just less. 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 Okay, what should Facebook do? 
Facebook should shift from the endless scroll to the handful of things it thinks, and it's very smart, it does think, that are worth it to be put in front of you on a daily basis. What should Netflix do? When you sign up to Netflix, you get the wall two days a week. You get the endless wall two days a week. You can pick the days when you want the endless wall. The rest of the time, it has a much more limited, and you can get into the interface and how limited, uh, experience. There's just way, way, way less content, way less. And it does get smart. You watch six documentaries in a row. Here are two documentaries you get to pick from tonight. Okay. Okay. The entire incentive structure of platform economy in our world completely discredits everything you've just said. No, I know. So what do we... I know that. Okay. No, I know. I know you do. So do we... This is status quo where we're at right now. Like, it's nice for us to sit here and talk about how things should be. You know what, what the most popular piece of advice is now? What? They're telling the person. Leave your phone outside the bedroom. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Take a book with you. Mm-hmm. Pause and think. Think deeper. That's, you know, we just watched Google I.O. And it, a lot of the stuff for the Android phone is, yeah, yeah. we're going to make it. It's going to go to bed. Yeah, <laughs> we're reflecting. That's a right. A lot of reflecting, by the way. Yeah, I know. Facebook's reflecting. Everybody's thinking really hard about what it all means. <laughs> oh, Here's boy. what I would say. I think that, um, first of all, you know, it's always been crappy bestsellers and big stupid movies with car chases. Like that's that's kind of been the, yeah. the baseline for a long time. Yeah. So uh, it's not surprising that in, a, in an era of digital glut, we just end up with more, like not better, but more. Yeah. So I, you know, to me, it's like, what do you try to do? Do you try to build the new platforms where there are more constraints and more creative work? I mean, that, that's a, that is a, a way to address this, but it's, you're, you are climbing a very high mountain. What you're talking about is you're asking people to step away from the business uh, dynamics that I mean, make it work. A, that's the thing, right? Cause and you know re- who can step away? I'll give an example. He's trying to Ev Williams. He actually thinks it's all garbage. And he has the means to do it. And he has the power to do it. That's the only reason he's doing it. Otherwise, he'd get sucked in the machine like everyone else. He's trying to do it. I don't know if he'll succeed. I don't know if it's the right way. But at least he's th- he's saying, everything is garbage. I'm calling it out. And I'm going to try a thing. And I think this is actually where people want to go. It's a little paternalistic. See, I don't think everything is garbage. I think that we actually have more of the good stuff than we've ever had before. It's just that it's, there's so much bad stuff and it's very overwhelming. And when I say everything is garbage, I mean 98% is garbage. I mean, you know, maybe the, maybe the way to, to live in a modern platform-based world is to acknowledge that there are a lot of problems in the world, but it's pretty great that you have access to good quality stuff. And then reason with yourself about what's going to be good and healthy for you and also where you need some silly, guilty pleasures. Yeah. And watch your kids. Yeah. Your kids are like literally forming They're how they They're sponging it up. So I want to pitch two apps to close, Paul. Can I do that? Yeah, absolutely. Longform.org. It's been around forever. It's, We've had um, one of the co-creators on the show Aaron a couple Lammer, times. who's a wonderful human being. Uh, has just been doing its thing for such a long time. And not only, it's not just saying let's put long articles in front of people, it's saying let's put good long articles. So use longform.org. Another, there's another app that's called Rio, mm-hmm. R-H-E-O. And it has five categories. 
It's like chill, learn, uh, move. I forget all the different topics, but um, it's curated video and it's higher quality. It's none of it's stupid uh, and it's good. It's actually, it's actually good. It's not a wall of content and somebody or a handful of people are doing the job of putting decent stuff in front of you. I'll, available for Apple TV and iPhone. I'll add to that longreads.com, which is a website and also a client. So we we, sh- we could mention them as yes, well. And longreads.com. <laughs> Who we've we've worked with their principal and known exactly. their, their people uh, for a long, long time. They're this great. was a long bitching podcast. I know, I know. Dude. Well, we live in a platform world and I you know what we're we really, have tips. We didn't just complain. Here's what we're saying. We're saying two things. Constraints matter. And they kind of do, but then platform econ- economics take over. Yeah. Uh, you kind of have to choose how you live in this world because it's being done to you. That's right. All right. Well, you know, if anybody wants to get in touch with us, hello at postlight.com. Give us a good rating on iTunes and get in touch. Hello at postlight.com. Anything else you want to add? No. I'm Paul Ford, co-founder of Postlight. I'm Rich Ziotti, the other co-founder of Postlight. We'll talk to you again next week. Have a great week. <laughs>